today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept, the man show. Warning, the Catholic man show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Minahan here, sitting with David Niles. No one, no Jim this evening. There was somebody who rated our show recently, Dave, and they were like, Juan and Jim are the best. <laughs> Adam and Dave, you guys are okay. You guys are cool, but... Five star, though. <laughs> Juan and Jim, that's I listen for them. Yeah. <laughs> and the yummy scale. So, uh, I was talking to a, a guy recently who was telling me, he's like, yeah, dude, I listen to your show every day, like, in the shower. It's like... <laughs> Don't tell me that. He's, he was like, which, it's like... I listened to you in the car too. It's like my wife was giving me a hard time because I'm listening to you guys in the shower, and I was like, "Yeah, you, you know, know he's gonna be in the shower listening to this episode yeah, at some yeah. point." And- well, we were laughing about it, and I said, "Like, well, next time she gives you a hard time, ask her like if she would rather you be listening to a podcast from like an incredibly beautiful woman, like if that would mm. if she'd feel better about that." And because I, I think that will put some perspective on the like, you know what? <laughs> No, actually, I'm Adam so glad you're listening to those guys. Yeah, way better than, you know what, but take it back. Yeah. <laughs> Great show, honey. Yeah. So we uh, caught a, a four-wheeler on fire today. Yes. <laughs> I love these days. Yeah. Wait, wait. Was it your four-wheeler? It was my parents. Okay. So it's not your it's four-wheeler. Not okay. No. So we, my parents bought Were these. Were you hoping to inherit the four-wheeler someday? No. Okay. No. All right. So also a, this can still this story can still continue as as funny. Yeah. So, so my parents bought. I'm really sorry, Mr. Minahan. Yeah. So my parents bought these little four wheelers for for the grandkids. You know, drive around the house and you know make laps and all these kinds. Yeah, of things. Not the inside. Not the inside. The yeah, outside. The outside. And um, they were they were driving them today. Beautiful day. Beautiful Sunday. Great. It was a great day. Great day to just be out with family and be outside. Let yeah. them like you know run around. We played soccer. We did all these different you know football. Everything. We were, we were playing all these sports and let them like run around yeah. and and uh, ride the four wheelers. And they rode them basically to the uh, gas gas ran out. You know, and so they ran out of gas. Uh, my dad went over there. He started filling it up with gas, and I guess it like started back up. Like I don't, I'm not sure exactly how it started. Um, without like, without trip. like, I don't know if he started it or if it like just like it. There, 
they're not like super nice four wheelers. Okay. So right. like you have to kind of push start them. It's not like one of those most of the time. You, Do you? A lot of times, yeah. Um, is there a key like? Is that just because sometimes they need help? It just, yeah, they just need help. Okay. And so like I don't know if it like it just it just started. Okay. And so he's filling it up with gas, and it overflowed, and then it hit the spark plugs, I guess, and it just goes, whoa. And was just your, like the, was your dad okay, dude? He, he it singed his hair like it was crazy. It just went up in the flame. Luckily, I was right there, like I was there, and lucky, luckily, like my daughter and and the kids were like st- st- took a step back, so I pushed them back, and I ran and got the the water hose, and like because there's a grass fire going on now, so I'm like getting the grass fire first okay. because like because yeah, you can't put a gasoline fire out with hose, right? So like I, you know, I'm getting the the grass fire out first, then I come back over to the. Uh, to the four-wheeler it's up in flames like it is like engulfed in flames yeah and i know like okay if i put the water if i put it down and hit the gas it's just gonna go you know and it's gonna spray everywhere yeah because the fumes gasoline the liquid liquid gasoline doesn't burn it's actually only the fumes, the, the fumes of the gas so like i burn. went underneath the uh the four-wheeler with the water and just tried to get it wet so the electric wires or like whatever it is like hopefully it wouldn't burn like it, i was just hoping it wouldn't cool it down at yeah, least. cool it down and it got it down to basically where it was just basically hovering kind of on the gas cap, like where mm-hmm. the fumes are. And so then we were able to, to put I it wonder, out. But I wonder if you could like put enough water on it. It might stop the fumes from rising. It was it was yeah. pretty cra- dude. It was hectic. It was it was pretty crazy. Uh, and I guess apparently like through this whole time, like while I was doing that, Anna ran inside, and I guess she kind of froze. And like my 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 wife like realized something's wrong because she was like something's wrong outside. And my, my and Haley was like, "What? What is it?" And, she, and Anna was like, "Something is wrong." And she's like, "Okay, this is not good." So they come running outside just when everything is all, it, dude. It was a total buzz. Is it a little bit of a cluster. It's a total buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then afterwards, he's like, "Okay, good. let's have a beer." Yeah. <laughs> I deserve a beer. Yeah. I feel like we saved the day. Yeah. So that was what we did today. That's a. I don't have anything nearly that exciting. Yeah. Um, I went on a bike ride with my kids. It was. Do you have a bike, dude? I do have a bike. Um, well, so we, <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a new bike for Elizabeth, my oldest. Okay. Um, at Christmas. Well, around Christmas, we didn't. So none of the bikes in my family. We take a. We have an interesting bike policy. Dude, the the bikes I... do not belong to the children. All of the bikes belong to me. Oh. They're my bikes. You have quite a collection. <laughs> yes. They're family bikes. And you are expected to treat this bike with Dude, respect. I hate bicycles. I know you do. I know. I hate them. I, you also have... The girls are... They ride substantially different from, mm-hmm. from boys. But uh, the expectation is that you're going to take care of this bike because it, you're, you're going to ride it now and then it will belong... You know, your, one of your siblings will ride it. So, like, mm-hmm. this isn't your bike. Mm-hmm. This is just the one you're riding right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I was going to get a bike for, for Elizabeth. And then, it, and I was looking at, like, okay, man, like, there's this kid's bike. Um, and it's, I was looking at the, like, minimum inseam, like, basically, how tall do you have yeah. to be to ride this bike? And then one of them was listed. It's like, oh, it's only like an inch higher. And this is like a bigger bike. And it's actually cheaper because it was on like, I forget, like Black Friday or something, you know, big sale, whatever. It's on a bigger discount. So I got it. And when it came, it was pretty obvious. Elizabeth is cannot, like, this is my bike. I, I ride this bike, not her. Yeah. And so 
it's a girl's bike technically okay. but it's um super cute it's like black but it does a black girls bike it does have like handlebars that aren't straight the handlebars that kind of curve back at you okay um and it has the, the the like the bar you know for like a girl's bike frame swoops down to allow for like a dress yeah, to be right. in the front right, right. so it's it's like that otherwise when you look at it it just looks like a bike yeah um so it's not it's not like pink you know i bet it looks cute uh, it just is a bike. Actually, it's it's a it's a really nice looking bike. Um, I really like the company. I didn't know I didn't know you collected bikes. I do I do collect <laughs> bikes. Uh, I really recommend this company. It's called Priority Bicycles. They're made in America. Um, they're more expensive than like if you go to Walmart. Wow, yeah, that is. And buy that's hot like a bike. Yeah, you know you're buy, basically just buying a piece of junk from China. Oh yeah, I've bought many of them. But if your kids are just gonna like <laughs> wear out a bike. A piece of junk from China might be the way to go. Yeah. You know. I have... Yes, I... The gears on these bikes, dude, I cannot figure them out. Because there's like a little box on the on the, the rear axle. It's tiny. There... And when you switch gears, n- there aren't like gears that like Expand chain... Out. Chain... It's not a chain that goes from like a big gear to a smaller gear. I have no idea what is happening inside this tiny magic box. Mm. Where somehow you're gonna have to take it apart. It changes. You're gonna have to take it apart, dude. I uh, we're gonna have to do that. I feel like I a- want after to. after Easter. We're like, gonna, I'm gonna come over to your house and, and we're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna, gonna get a beer. And we're gonna destroy it <laughs> and maybe figure it out. Yeah, it's a. I had don't I don't know what is happening inside this mm. this and it's tiny. It's you know like, you know what I do know. This uh, whiskey is hot. Okay. It see. is ridiculous. So this is one of your uh, Skull, uh, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society uh, whiskeys. Oh, I don't, th- I don't... Mine isn't... I'm not getting... Oh, dude, it is It is hot. Mm. I wouldn't say that. Disney, hold back. So we don't know... We were debating. It's D-I-S-N-A-E. Disney? Di- I don't know. Is it supposed to be Disney? Dude, it's... It's six, almost sixty-five percent alcohol. But all of them are that way. Yeah, but I mean, like this one, it has alcohol like punch. So here's here's what it says. Here's the notes: an immense nose, dripping with vinegar-sodden sheep's wool. <laughs> right? Because when I smell, it's like, oh gosh, is that sheep's wool soaked in vinegar? <laughs> charred mutton, beef stock charred with mutton. Charred mutton. So you got you got the sheep's wool. Yeah. And then the mutton. Yeah, it's it's a very it's very it's scotch. Very I mean, the, the scotch your, theme is yeah, pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, with beef stock, beef stock with Chinese spices, smoked chilies, paprika, tar, honey glazed smoke ham, and wood ashes. So much going on within all of these dense thick uh, within a dense thicket of peat smoke. Water suggested to us horse boxes, oily rags. I have no idea what the horse boxes yeah. is. Well, I don't want to know. You actually. wouldn't know. You yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not a farmer. Farmhouse cider, concentrated herbal peat smoke, motor oil, and boiler fumes. A real blast. <laughs> That's what it says. A real blast. The neat the neat palate pulled no punches with lots of smoked peppermint tea, aniseed, distillate, iodine, carbolic acidity, pure natural tar, <laughs> mild disinfectant, barbecue charred meat, and salt Dutch licorice. Anyway, it keeps going. It's we're I'm about halfway, so yes. we're not gonna finish this. I but, put like uh, I'm gonna try it with water. Thirty drops of water. In you there. had a lot, yeah. But it's okay. It's it is this barrel it's strength. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, when we get back, hey, I want to tell you what I did yesterday. I want to hear. Not as not as exciting though as setting up four wheeler on fire, but. 
Ambrosian Candle Company is a family-owned Catholic candle company that crafts pure beeswax candles. They use beeswax from their own homestead's bees on the Florida panhandle. Unlike soy and paraffin candles, their candles have no artificial scents or chemicals. Beeswax candles are the candles of the church, and Ambrosian Candles Company is reviving that legacy one candle at a time. Support Catholic companies and visit them at ambrosiancandles.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we're drinking some Disney Hold Back. It's a... A, a product. We didn't even mention who the distiller was. Um, it's a it's a product of Glen Turret, which is a Highland whiskey. You know what? I added water, and I feel like it's hotter now than it was it is, before it I added like, the water. I don't know if I like it. It has. I'm going to sit on this for a little bit. It like, has I'm not sure some very interesting flavors going on. Um, I'm not sure about this. But Let's see. I, I I'm open to being. I can tell that I'm enjoying it a lot more than you are. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I have not. Maybe I just need to. I don't know. Settle in. I don't know if it was like the six chocolate chip cookies I had. <laughs> that's you know like influencing my palate in a like fantastic direction. You just have like a, a, a buttery palate right now. Like, gosh, just, yeah. Is that hints of dark chocolate? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so yesterday I I processed about fifty pounds of ground venison. Okay. So, you know, I got a deer. Manual crank? No. Electric crank? So I got an electric uh, grinder? So I, uh, Haley and I splurged. We got a very nice stainless steel electric grinder. Okay. Um, this year at, for our uh, St. Valentine's Day present to each other. Mm. Yeah, it was so romantic. I'm gonna do, I love you so we're, much. We're about to be. Let's grind by the way, meat we're together. About to be, uh, <laughs> we're about to be 12 years. Yeah, dude. Bam, this a, is Pamela and I's 10th anniversary this year. Yeah, that's crazy. I know. I don't feel like... It's like, man, we're getting old. Um, but so, yeah. So I got a deer this year. Luke got a deer. Jude got a deer. And then we also... Somebody else got a deer that, and gave it to us. So I had, I had four deer. I love deer. it when that happens. Yeah. So I have four deer in my freezer. And so what we did was we basically just quartered them up, uh, vacuum sealed them, put them in the deep freeze. It was like, we'll worry about this later. Yeah. Right? And, and this weekend was later. So we got them all out. I... I don't have, you know what I don't have? And this is something I wish that we were sponsored by. This would be great. If there's like a really good knife shop that, you know, would like to sponsor the Catholic Man Show, we would love to love to talk to you guys because I do not have a really good like carving knife. Mm. Uh, or, you know, like. Yeah. So I use my case pocket knife through the whole thing. Okay. Because it's super sharp. The little one, um, yeah, my my little like case. the little fold out uh-huh. pocket knife, yeah. Use it through the whole thing. Our kitchen knives are terrible, dude. Like we bo- we got them for a Christmas present, or I'm sorry, for our wedding present, mm-hmm. and uh, twelve twelve years ago, yeah. And they don't hold. They, they like you sharpen them. They don't, they just don't hold it. They're, they're we have we have some. Um, they just don't hold. Our, ours hold. are decent. Yeah, they're ours, fun. I mean, they're. I got them for Pamela for Christmas one year. Like yeah. And I thought, like, oh, she's going to love this. Turns out it was, like, morally a present for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you know, you can't put but, them in the dishwasher. Right. Yeah, I know. Because it's not actually about the dishwasher. It's about them hitting other things. Right. It's so about them. They bang into stuff. Yeah. Also, 
um, if you hone, if you hit them with the honing rod, yeah. so like we wash, you just wash them by hand, hit them right. just for a second with the honing rod and put them back in the block makes right. a huge difference. Yeah. Anyway, um, so I, I, I did that, but I did four deer and it's like, yeah, that's a lot of ground. Yeah, that is a lot. Uh, ground Especially medicine. like, cause you're going to be cutting up against bone. I mean, it's just inevitable. It's just, yeah. Um, I'm sure like someone like Brandon Sheard or like a, yeah. like a butcher, they're going to be able to do it. I, I, because it's a deer, I don't really care. It's either gonna, it's either like I can tell this is gonna be a roast, and you can like kind of follow. Um, you can feel like okay, here's a big muscle, right. okay, and you can follow the lines of the muscle. That's really easy to do, and just cut it off. Right. Otherwise, it's all going to be ground. You know. Yeah. Oh, I gr- we ground almost every, except for the back straps. We ground everything. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll save the loins and the back straps, but the rest, you know, the, all the shoulders. Um, Dude, the front shoulders are so much work for such a little meat. I don't. I typically don't take the front shoulders. You don't? Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, there's so much so much work. Anyway. So I mean, did, look, coyotes got to eat, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we, I, I did that. Uh, I had the boys stack a bunch of... We got some red oak firewood um, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago and got it all chopped up, and it was in the back of my truck, so we got that unloaded and stacked. Mm-hmm. And then I smoked some delicious uh, pork, pork butt this, for my son's first birthday... Uh, John Dominic. Yeah. Dude, uh, I was so embarrassed when we were at the Catholic Comedy Conference. And we, we walked up to uh, the Sisters of, of, of Life. No, 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 no. They were uh, Dominican Dominicans. sisters. Yeah. yeah, they were Dominican sisters. And we were talking about our families. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, so what, what's the name of your, your, your kids? And I went through them all. And then I got to my last one, John Dominic, and could not remember the middle name to save my life. You know what? I'm there in front of... Dominicans it happens. It happens. and can't remember Dominic. That's pretty bad. It but, is ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, John Dominic, our, our youngest, turned one uh, this week, which is awesome. He's just such a bundle of joy. Like it, right now is a great age. Like I really enjoy this age because they're yeah. developing their personalities. The they're one, laughing. One to three years old, I just love. I I love I love this age. Um, they're laughing, they're giggling, you know, they're learning, they're learning new things. Yeah, they, they're constantly surprising you. Yeah, you know. it's just so much fun. So, like, yeah. Um, hey, by the way, if you guys are, I know that Lent is basically, you know, we're halfway through, or almost halfway through Lent, and the Lenten missions are probably already happening in your parish, but if you guys are interested in having us out for a, a to give a talk at, at your Catholic men's conference or something like that, make sure to reach out to us. You can go to the thecatholicmanshow.com. We have uh, all of our you know uh what is it called recommendations and testimonials and things like that that you can you can check out would love to come uh, to your to your place and speak at your parish or your men's conference uh give us a shout uh also thank you to all of our new patrons we got some new patrons this month uh jim is actually not here he told us because he's actually having to work through uh some, yeah. some of the he's mailing the shipping. he's mailing stuff so, so if, you're, if you're waiting on something from us he's, it's coming he's he's working on it yeah so uh, but you can go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Guys, we have, we've been doing this for almost eight years. And so we have a lot of uh, of content for you over at the patreon.com. So we have we have uh, a lot of audiobooks. We have a whole... How pl- many do we have? Do you even know? I think it's like 30-something audiobooks. No, no, no. I meant episodes. Oh, dude. I think we're over 400. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would think so. But, but uh, on Patreon, we have like... I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 audiobooks that we've done, that we had professionally done. 
We have uh, a course on the five ways of St. Thomas Aquinas that Dave and I went through with Carlo Broussard. We have... Which is a fantastic course. A workout but... course with... Uh, yeah. Um, with Pat Flynn. Mm-hmm. We have another course on the Eucharist with Carlo. We ha- I mean, we have a lot of, uh, of content that is basically available to you uh, with, as a patron. As a patron. Mm-hmm. So go to patreon.com slash the Catholic Man Show. Support us. All of, all of your support goes back into the show and, and helps us to continue our, our mission. I have nothing else. Uh, this is the transition to the topic if you'd like. Yeah. Or whatever you'd like to talk about. No. I was just trying to think of like, yeah, that's no, okay. Let's talk about the topic. Okay. This is your topic tonight. Yeah, so, I'm really excited about it because I like when you... It's a different topic than what we were going with. Right. And I wasn't very, to be honest with you, I wasn't like super stoked about the topic you, you pitched mm-hmm. at first. And then you, you, you pivoted. You called an audible. I did. Um, the day of, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. But um, it's, it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of, but it doesn't happen uh, often. I think it happens more than you realize. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just tell you that. Okay. <laughs> Um, Sometimes you don't realize, like, today, I went through three three topics. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm excited. When you, when you said this over, I was like, oh, this is going to be a good topic. So I found a, a book put out by Tan. Tan Publishing is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that they put out is so solid. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that it's just orthodox. I mean that, like, it's just, um, you know, it's like, they'll be like, oh, this is quotes from the church fathers or uh, from the doctors of the church or from, you know, just... Just fantastic. It's not like they just have a guy or mm-hmm. who's just putting out new stuff, I mean, which they do. They, ha- they have guys putting out new stuff. But they are so good at, A, presenting something in a, a beautiful, beautifully published, uh-huh. you know, nice hardback editions if, if you want, but also just stuff that's just classic, rich um, church history. Like, this is part of the rich tradition of the church, right? Yeah. Um, that... You wouldn't find if they weren't the ones out there publishing it. So I really like Tan. So this is from a book, um, and this it's really actually more like a booklet that they put out called 25 Ways to Crush the Serpent. I believe it, I believe it was published in um, 2020. Consecrate yourself 25 times to the Blessed Virgin Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> End of the episode. <laughs> Thanks for watching. No, but... Um, Basically, a lot of um, this is a compilation of um, writings from people like uh, Dom Lorenzo Scupoli. Um, from, he w- was a priest putting out stuff in like 1818, late early 1800s. I think he has another book called This Tremendous Lover. Uh, okay, Scupoli. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so. I mean he was a he was a well yeah, he was a well published guy. I saw some of the other stuff. Um, uh, Robert Bellerman, Doctor of the Church. Um, he has he has a a book on uh on the councils that I really want to read. Like, I have the book. Read it, read it. I have it. You know. Um, <laughs> uh, he has this 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 book on purgatory that I really want to read, and this book on the councils that I want to read because it, it talks about how like what the authority of councils are, the different types of councils, like how the, like how they formed the church throughout history. And just mm. like understand like, okay, what's it, you know, everybody talks about the Council of Trent, but what about Nicaea? What about Orange? What about all these other like smaller councils and like where do they play in? And, right. Like, you know, yeah. he, he, apparently he documents them pretty well. Anyway, I haven't read the, read the book yet, 
because I have it. Right. Um, but I'd really like to. It's just as good. St. Robert Billerman is a like a stud. Yes. Of a, yes. A, a, very much underrated. Speaking of studs, also the other like, main contributor to this particular book is St. Alphonsus Liguori. Another one that, I mean, he's the moral doctor of the church. Right. Doesn't get enough play. He does not get enough play. I feel like he gets credit. You know why? Because he's he's pretty... Uh, he's heavy. He's heavy. Yeah, he is. He's hard-spoken. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't waver. But um, he's good. Yeah, oh, he's great. Yeah. Anyway, um, we'll get into it when we get back. Lent is a time of great renewal. God calls us into uncommon freedom in Jesus Christ, but many obstacles stand in our way. Lent provides us with a time to enter into the spiritual battle. We must face God's enemies, the demons who tempt us to fall into sin. We must also face up to our own weakness and all that holds us back from entering into God's promises. If Lent has been underwhelming thus far for you, I recommend Lent with Exodus, with new features like Teach Me to Pray, weekly spiritual guides with Father Boniface Hicks, and praying for the dead on Mondays with men from all over the world. Lent with Exodus will provide structure and order during this penitential season. A 14-day free trial for all new users. Go to download.exodus90.com or search for Exodus 90 in the App Store. Welcome back to the Catholic Command Show. Talking about... 25 ways to crush the serpent. This is going to be a really interesting, exciting topic for me as we go through these. There's there's several things that I really want to like touch on. So we have a lot, obviously 25. 25. We're halfway through the episode thus far. So let's get let's get cracking. What have you been up to lately? Just crushing the serpent, brah. Yeah. Okay. So now that we know what we're getting into, uh, yeah. also there's some other other saints who play that, that are uh, quoted that are cited. Not as heavily, but um, St. Teresa of Avila is in here, and St. Therese of Lisieux. 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 Yeah. Okay, so number one is, this is of the 25 ways, fight, fight valiantly against the devil. Okay? Um, some of these, it's like, all right, yeah, whatever. But then, um, I love, the this particular book is worth going to look at, because they have such a pithy, like, straight-to-the-point explanation about what they mean. Um, and so, I was just thinking how important it is to remember about this, that um, we are at war, mm. okay? And um, if you've ever been, like, trained, if you've done any training on self-defense, you know that when you go into combat, um, you go, like, and you're going to, like, make a move or push or whatever, you, you go as hard as you can. Like, you go full throttle, like, instantly now like if you know if i'm gonna take you take you down i'm not just gonna like oh try to get you down i'm going to like go as hard as i can you know on everything boom boom, boom and try to over <laughs> oh, with overwhelming force dwight fruit yes <laughs> I, I will shun you i will okay but um he, they go on to say that the assistance that you have from heaven is more powerful than all of hell can send to destroy the grace of God in your soul. I really like that line because there are times when you're when you're struggling with sin that it just feels like this sin is just like like, like 
grabbing you, like cocooning mm-hmm. you, like you're in a cocoon of of sin, totally surrounded. Yeah, and you just cannot, like it, it's just suffocating, and it's, and, and you you de- desperately, desperately desire to not do that sin anymore. Like you're Saint Paul, right? You're talking about like how you desire yeah. not to do it, but you do it, you still do it anyway, right? And it just feels like at times you're just like, Lord, why am I just so dra- like drawn and gravitating to this sin? Like, can you not fight for me? You know, you, like the, this is kind of like a thought that you can kind of totally. have sometimes, where it's totally. like, it's just like, like Lord, like why does it feel like that the that the devil is just like fighting for me so much harder than you are right now? You know, mm-hmm. like, and it's just exhausting, and it, to 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 be in that state of 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 mind or you know state in life, mm-hmm. but then you you have this is such a great reminder to turn back to our Lord who. Who's on the cross and just and, and, and stare at him in prayer on the cross, as he, yeah, as his yeah. hand as his arms are, are you know as wide as they can possibly be and saying like I gave all this for you, totally. But yeah. it's hard to do. Yeah, right? but we, I, and I think it's important to be to be vigilant and diligent, right? Uh, because there are your um, disordered your passions, you know those little sins that you're talking about. They're not just gonna like go away. Okay, we have to we have to make war against them. Okay, and so that they say, fight valiantly and do not fail to mortify yourself, for it is by making continual war on your disorderly affections and vicious habits that you will gain the victory, acquire the kingdom of heaven, and unite your soul to God for all eternity. Right. So we have to, um, you know, it's like they're not just your vices; they're not just going to disappear. Right. You have you have to fight against them. Well, you have to cooperate with God's grace, right? Correct. And so, like, that's... but the thing is, He's giving you the grace. Right. You have to activate your own will, right. and move against those against those vices mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. Number two, trust in your guardian angel. Love this one. From the first moment of its creation until the settlement of its final destiny, the angel of God is by your side. I just, I just don't think guys think about like utilizing their guardian angels. I know, I don't. Um, there are some I mean, moments. I don't either. There are but... some moments when I do, like, have a like. Oh, you know what? I should talk to my guardian angel about this, and I always feel really good about it. You know? Yeah. When I go into uh, heavy meetings or like uh, situations in which I know there's going to be tension or turmoil, or you know, there's going to be something that I'm not really looking forward to being a part of, yeah. I, I I try to remember to always ask my guardian angel to to pray with their guardian angel. Mm-hmm. For this for this moment, you know what I have I have done that and found incredible success. Me too. Um, Me too. With doing that, shockingly, almost like that worked that well. That, Correct. That really worked well. Right. I think because your guardian angel has um, unique influence over your passions, over your you know just emotions and your yeah. You know they they have the ability to govern and protect you if you allow them. Right. You have to you have to give them you, you certainly do. You have to give them the authority to do so. So um they list four things. Or that's the wrong terminology, but you have to you have to cooperate. Yeah. Which I have done. I have said specifically to my guardian angel, like, look, I want to give you complete control over like my thoughts and everything. <laughs> right. Like as much as you're allowed to do, I, I want, want you that. to do I want <laughs> you to do all of it. Okay. <laughs> like even if it means like hurting me a lot. Right. Okay. It's like it's like maximum maximum strength prescription drugs is like figure out what's gonna kill me and then back it off just a little <laughs> just bit. A, <laughs> yeah. Like 
if I need if I need physical suffering, like if if you need to like smack me literally in the face to stop me from sinning, yes. Do I it. want you to know I say yes. <laughs> this is your permission slip. <laughs> I've signed. So the four things that uh, the guardian angel, this is your guardian angel's concern in your soul, are to awake you from sin, to keep you away from all persons, places, and things that might cause a relapse mm. in sin, to help you persevere, and to help put to flight the devils that beset your path by inspiring prayer and meditations. Mm. I just think that that's beautiful. I would love to do an episode. I would love to get you know. What I'd love to get is Joey Spencer back on our episode. We did an episode with him with Guardian or with Angels. Angels yeah, I would love to get him back on the episode and talk about specifically Guardian. I would angels. too. I think that would be fantastic. He just did finish his dissertation on Angels. Nice. Yeah. How do they know? How do you know if he's right? Oh, dude. People. People seem to know. He's got the coops. Yeah. He can get in. Yeah. Okay. So number three is um, fidelity to your baptismal grace. Mm. Um, basically here they're just talking about like think about all the you know how often do you renew your baptismal um, promises Mm -hmm. and how many people actually like when you we say it every year you know at Easter or um, you know if you go to baptisms Mm -hmm. you'll renew them do we say all of these things you know in the creed and what we believe and have you ever like stopped to think about line by line would I be willing to die for that mm-hmm. particular faith? You know, like, uh, yeah. I, I have two, and like, you have to really decide. Yes, I guess I would. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that this, this point is so important to me. Yes, I would die. If someone said, like, I'll kill you unless you don't believe in this, I'm just like, I believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, just think about it. Because um, they're making the point how many people say that with their words? And then completely abandon it with their with their day to day actions, like the way they live. I was just talking to my brother in law today about uh, God godparents, and just like, do you realize the oath that you're taking as a godparent? Yeah. And do you t- how seriously do you take that? Like he and I were talking about how it's very easy to just kind of slough off or be like, yeah, yeah, I'll be your god. Almost like an honor. Like, yeah, it's like, like it's about you. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we were talking about, right? Is that like, it's almost like, oh yeah, I got I got to be I'm like, the god pair. Right. You know, it's but like, then if you actually think about the oath that you're taking yeah. um, you know, to God and his church, mm-hmm. the heaviness, you know, uh, and the moral culp- like culpability that you're going to have be- because of this, like, are you praying for the? Are you praying for your godchild? Like, how often do you pray for them? Every day. If you if it's anything less than every day, then you're failing. I know. And I was like, I because I fail. I, I typically hit an, an adoration. That's when I hit mm-hmm. all of my godchildren, and then I realized, yeah, that's not enough. It's like, not. No, I have I have them on my daily rosary. Yeah, man, I I gotta do better. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna step my yeah. game up. You got to. Um. So, but with you know. Basically, they're saying, just think about that, and then they go on to say, but God sees all things, and he will not be mocked. He that desires to live well and to die well, let him enter into the chamber of his heart and not deceive himself. Let him seriously and attentively consider over and over again whether he is in love with the pomps of this world or, or with sins, which are the works of the devil, and whether he gives them a place in his heart, in his words, and in his actions." I mean, it's just hard for me to read that and not, in all honesty, accuse myself of a lot of these things. You know, um, I was actually reading that and thinking about accusing you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- thank you. Yeah. Thank you. As a, as a friend. Yeah. In Gosh, charity, Adam. Thank you. Yeah. So much. 
Number four, you jerk. <laughs> this one is so important. It's an election year. We need to keep, <laughs> we need to keep this one. We need to remember this one this year. I love how that's how you started this. Okay, let's do okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Preserve your peace of soul. Okay. <laughs> it is an election year, right? Yeah, okay. So preserving a peaceful mind in all occurrences of life, your advantage will be very great. But without it, your pious exercise will come to nothing. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Oh, you might be doing a lot of pious things, but if you're if you're not preserving peace, the peace in your soul, which ultimately, um, if you if you if you have lost your peace, which is something that so you know, I think this happens to people. It's something I if it happens to me, I always make a point to bring it up in confession. Um, just that I, I lost, just confessing that I had a moment where I lost my interior peace. Basically, I let I let something else consume. Mm-hmm. You know that that part of me and that part of my soul, which is reserved for Christ. Yeah, yeah, and peace is you know the tranquility of order. So I find that if you're struggling with peace in your soul, the more order that you have in your spiritual That's life, a great point. The the better you're going to be able to not lose your peace because it's ordered properly to the highest good possible, namely God. Right. And so the more order that you bring upon. In your exterior life, in just your in the day to day things, yeah. The more pre- peace you have within your soul. That is a great point. We'll be right back. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. How is the uh, whiskey settling in on you? Well, I, I added a, a lot more water. Uh-huh. And, like I've added more water to this dram than probably like a hundred drams pre- previous. Yes. Yeah. Think and, about think about what an investment it is. Like this yeah. bottle of whiskey is going to go yeah, you, so much further than other whiskeys. So true. Yeah. Anyway, um, I want to just keep. We're talking about peace, about preserving a piece of your soul, um, because what they say here is that in order about Satan is that in order to surprise us, Satan does not hesitate to inspire seemingly good designs, but once undertaken, are otherwise in effect, as is easily discovered by the disturbing in our inward peace, mm. which Satan is. Oh, God, I hate that guy, but yeah. um, he's the worst. To re- to remedy so dangerous and evil. When the enemy endeavors to put us upon some new design, let us beware of giving it entrance too hastily into our hearts. I mean, this, 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 like, really, as long as you have, again, an ordered prayer life, and if if you're going to adoration, hopefully weekly, you know, at least once a week, Mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're 
living a sacramental life. You're going to confession. You're receiving the Eucharist. These things right here almost take care of themselves. I agree. I think I think you're right. Um, I also think that it, uh, that having a piece of your interior soul is so much is so linked to the next one, which is do not be anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard it said that um, anxiety is a mild form of atheism. Yeah, which is like a, it's a that's like a heavy judgment, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for mm-hmm. for people, and I think this is like, not that it's exclusively a, a male thing, but I feel like anxiety is something that men, in particular, like have a unique struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, at least if you're the if you're the breadwinner. I, yeah, because I, I mean, so. because your family's depending on you, right? And right. so, like, and you love your family so much that you want nothing but the best for them. And in yeah. order to give them the best, you know, you have to produce. And if you can't produce, then it calls into question, like, it, how big of a man? A, it, like, it, are it you? Feels like, uh, it feels like a judgment on you. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, there's a from Matthew five verse thirty four. Do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Um, I think that's just kind of a, that's a funny line. Like, yeah, don't worry. Like, look, it'll worry about itself. Um, and they, they go on to say that anxiety happens to fearful souls who are in continual dread of the enemy. Know then that in anxiety there lurks a poison, which not only infects the first seeds of virtue, but even destroys those that are already formed. The worm that, d- what the worm does in wood, anxiety does to the spiritual life. That's such a great visual. I, I agree. So then, they, this is this little booklet, I'm telling you, I just really enjoyed reading it today, because here's a practical thing. It says, to dispel anxiety, spend at least 30 minutes before the Blessed Sacrament, either in adoration or simply in a church where it is reserved, and conclude with the following prayer. We ask you, O Lord, shatter the pride of our enemies and lay low their, con- their contumacy by the power of your right hand through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. I think that you could come up with your own prayer if you wanted. That one particular, like, I really like that. I really like the going to adoration for thirty minutes. That particular prayer didn't speak to me a whole lot. I don't. I don't know what contumacy tr- means. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. I'm sure it's a great word. I'm sure it's like a very rich word that's full of like just the right meaning for this prayer. I'm sure, but I think I'd just make it my own. Let us know what it is. Yes, I, don't, I have no idea. Number six, another big one here. Believe that you can be forgiven. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you feel wounded, that is, to have fallen into any sin, whether through weakness or deliberacy, um, deliberately through malice, do not be overly downcast. Do not abandon yourself to grief. Rather, trust in God with great but humble confidence and, and excite a lively sorrow for your fault. Hmm. Such a Catholic thing, like a lively sorrow. Excite sorrow in your soul. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- th- this is something that... It has to do with trust, right? Trust that that the Lord actually truly loves you, right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you read uh, the diary of Saint Faustina, this is something that I always try to end every every mass with. Is, is the last thing I say is Jesus, I trust in you, because mm-hmm. um, His mercy is so much greater than our, any of our sins could possibly be. You know, could possibly be. When you're in confession, a lot of times this is like something that you, you're like, I know that I, I've done this, right? So there have been big sins that I, that I have to confess. And like, I kind of like soften it up, like kind yeah, of work, like, up, kind to of work up to it. Yeah. You know, you're over here with a broken arm and you're talking about a hangnail. Right. You know, in confession, you're like, 
oh yeah, yeah, this hangnail is really bad. And and the priest is over here seeing you with a broken arm, and it's like, well, what about what about that broken arm? You're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get that. But like, my hangnail mm-hmm. is really hurting, you know, yeah. and like I just really messed up. And so, um, and he's like, your face is bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally bleeding out of your eyeballs. Coming out of your right. eyes. I see it weeping. <laughs> no, 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 that's normal. That's I do that sometimes. That's something that I do. I'm going to get there, Father. Don't yeah. worry. And and this is just a, a, a you know, at least in my experience, it's just a lack of, of trust in, in God's mercy. It's, yeah. it's that I almost have to warm up to him. It's like, no. I do too. When I get... I know what you mean. But I actually have... I, I like make myself, when I go to confession, I start with the bad stuff. All of it is. Well, I mean, but I start with whatever the, the worst heaviest, the worst yeah. thing I got. Right, right. I'm opening up with it. Because also on the on the flip side, I like to land on a positive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I like to end it's like Yeah, yeah, that. Oh, and then also some other stuff that's not nearly as bad. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not a tarot I'm not totally a bad guy. Right, you know. My wretched soul. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I am the worst. Yeah. But um But not but, always. But but the Lord like the, when you step into confession, right, the, the, the Lord has been waiting for 2,000 years to forgive, to hold you once again. And really, like, longer than that. Right, forever. But, yeah. um, like a, since, like a since super, the, since the institution of, 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 conve- uh, right. of reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so number seven is do not despair. The enemy throws on our path a vain terror that causes us to despair over the sight of our past sins. If you perceive yourself in any danger of this kind, take as a general rule that the remembrance of former crimes comes from divine grace and is salutary if it forms in you sentiments of humility, sorrow, and confidence in God's mercy. This is where God can do uh, great things from bad things. Yeah. Right. And so uh, there's so many times where I have felt like I just can't believe I did this. I can't mm-hmm. believe and and like after you've you've gone to confession and you're you're thinking about it again and then you receive this grace where you're thinking about it but it actually gives you a thought process of like well what led me to that? Mm-hmm. And why why like what was it about that sin that I actually desired that? Mm-hmm. It's like what was I really wanting? Well, I actually wasn't wanting that sin. Not deep down. Yeah, deep down I actually wasn't wanting that. Right, you believed that it would give you what you wanted. I feel, it felt like that it you would wrongly, fulfill you were wrong, the desires yeah. that I wanted. Yeah, this is like you know, we. This is where cooperation with grace is so important because God gives us the opportunity and all of these things. Here, Satan is accusing you, right? And God is going to give you the opportunity to make this a moment of grace. Um, but if you don't like remember to cooperate, because it's something you have to actively do. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's not just going to your vices aren't just going to disappear, right? Um, and if you don't do that, then, on the other hand, it goes on to say, if thinking about your past sins causes disturbance and despondency and leaves you spiritless, daunted, believing that you are beyond hope, then it is of the devil. So, to me, this is very much like um, discernment of spirits, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, judging something by its fruits. If how is, something is, how is something impacting you, then you can tell, like, it's good or bad based mm-hmm. on its fruits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, concupiscence is conquered by prayer. And I really, really love what they say here. I think this is fantastic. Do not presume on your own strength. This is so, even after many years spent in the world, if you have proven yourself against the forces of concupiscence. So even if you have been like, I'm Mr. Like, spiritual strongman, you know, like, I can resist the devil, like, and you've been doing this for years. 
Even so, do not depend on your own strength, for the devil of lust often achieves in one instant what whole years could not affect. Yeah. I mean, this is so much the, right? the case. I mean, in one yeah. instant, you one can just, boom. Fall, yeah. And this is this is something that where you, you you have to think about like listen it's not like it's not your doing Correct. right right it, you it, are you're not strong right it, it's 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 God's grace and, and you need to receive our Father's love mm-hmm. like if you think about it from from a from from a a, a father like if you have a, if you have children if you think about it, like you love your children regardless of what they do correct. Right, it's like they don't have to earn your love. The moment that they were born into this world, and you looked at them and held them for the first time, and you smelled that baby smell, and like held them and heard them coo, and look at them and felt their warmth, like you fell in love with them. There was nothing that you would not do for them. Yeah, and our and that is just like a sliver and a glimpse of our Father's love in heaven for us, and that's a gift that He gives us as fathers to show. And make us appreciate and understand his love for us so that we, we can share his love through us to our children and give them a glimpse of his love. So if we're not depending on him, if we're not orienting ourselves correctly as children, right? right? I mean, just like that newborn has, it, it can do nothing. Right. Okay, that's us. We, we can really just do nothing. Um, we're totally powerless. So we, we cannot presume on our own strength. Um, the danger is always greatest where there is the least appearance of evil. Impure inclinations imperceptibly insinuate themselves into, into seemingly innocent friendships by frequent visits, flirtations, and indiscreet familiarities. You know what, you know what I think about here? Sloth. It is, yes. I mean, this is totally. where a sloth... Like, because like, you're tired, it's the noonday devil, mm-hmm. you're at work, and if you take off... And you feel like, oh, everything's going so great. I must, you know, and you're not staying vigilant. Right. You know, when the devil is at the door, you're going to stay vigilant. Right. But when things seem to be fine, oh, that's when you let your guard down. Right. And next thing you know, he's in the room with you. Right. Exactly. Hey, we're out of time on Catholic Radio. Go check us out on thecatholicmantra.com. We have over like 400 episodes now that we're almost eight years in. Uh, thecatholicmantra.com. We're going to continue this conversation on the podcast. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. So they give a couple of uh, remedies here for um, concupiscence and um, kind of the near occasion of sin. So flee all occasions of sin, uh, which you are more susceptible than to straw, it, for which you are more susceptible than straw to fire. Um, do not rely on your own virtue. Or gasoline to fire. <laughs> or gasoline like, to four-wheelers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, do not rely on your own virtue. Temptation can kindle, and it's hard to extinguish. And then it says, pray three Hail Marys upon rising every single day. I, think like, I exactly. love that yeah, idea. I do, too. I don't do that. I, I, uh, I don't do three Hail Marys in the morning. I, I, I try to I consecrate myself every morning. There's, the, there's an idea about um, praying the three Hail Marys for purity. Yes. Um, and also for like the souls in purgatory. I've heard that as well. Right. What I did is I just took those the idea. This is just my own idea. Instead of like praying three Hail Marys, because who has time? The three Hail Marys. Three. That's... Look at what is that like? Forty seconds. Yeah. I don't have time. That, I don't have that time. But when I say the uh, the Rosary, you know, you pray the three Hail Marys for um, faith, hope, and charity. Mm-hmm. I add a fourth for purity. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, hey, it's something, and I do it all. The t- I do it every day, and like, love it. That's it. Like worked. It, it fit into my schedule, so I I did it that way. Which nice. you you need to prayer. You need to make it work. You know. Yeah. Also, you need to make your schedule work for prayer. You know? 
<laughs> I was. It's I was, both. I wasn't gonna say it, but it's both. It's both. It's definitely both. Okay, number nine. Do not be distracted by past sins. I think we kind of talked about that, but um, yeah. uh, number ten. Do not persist in sin. <laughs> no, you should do. Stop sinning. <laughs> yeah. You sinner. You want you want to crush that of Satan? Stop it. Just hey, just why don't you just look, stop look, it? Look at me. Look look at me. Look. Stop it. Don't do that. S- yeah. Stop you. <laughs> Go sit down. Yeah. The most efficacious remedy against the evil one is to receive without the least resistance to the divine inspiration, which will recall the soul from the darkness from darkness to light, from vice to virtue, repeating the prayers with great fervor. Lord help me. Go immediately into confession, and if this is not possible, make an act of perfect contrition every day until you are able to go. Make a firm resolution not to sin again. I mean, which which goes in right in the next one, right? It says, do not wait to go to confession. This is something that I think is so important, right? So I like I don't know this, and I haven't, you know, I think St. Alphonsus Liguori actually talks about this, but I have... I, this is, this actually, this section right here comes from St. Therese. Okay. Awesome, but I think I think he also talks about this. But it, but the day like when his, he, I mean, he wrote the book on confession. Yes, he did. I mean, literally, yes. Uh, so like, I think that the day of your judgment, like you're actually going to see how many days you were in the state of grace versus not in the state of grace. I, you definitely will. Um, I mean, you will just know. That'll be the kind of thing that you just know. Y- yeah, you will know. And it's, so, like, let's just say the Lord gave you a hundred days to live. Like, like just. To, to put the numbers like in easy conceptual um, manner, like if if you were if you only if you had a hundred days to live, and you were you were in the state of grace for fifty five of them, that's that forty five days that you were not in like almost half that you were not in the state of grace. You know what I mean? Like, but the only thing that matters. All, is all, the all last that matter, yeah, that's, yeah. All that matters. You could is go ninety nine and a half, right? Not in a state of grace, and or ninety nine point nine, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, like, obviously, that's not what we do. That's, that's not, not what, what you strive for. That's no. not what you strive for. So, like, I, like, I just say that, that person to say, is gonna. He's not. His merit in heaven will be lessened, right? You know, uh, we shouldn't uh, tack on the sin of presumption after already sinning, right? right? That oh, well, I'll just make sure to get there, uh, you know, in in, in a couple of weeks. So just listen listen to what St. Therese has to say about this, because I just thought, like, man, this is so this is just so practical. Okay. Those who wish to turn away from a life of sin are often deluded by the devil, who tries to persuade them that they have a long time to live. Right. That's that's, that's what I was trying to say. Right. Oh, don't worry. It's like, look, she always you'll be fine. Off. Yeah. I know. He suggests to them that this or that business must first be settled before they can take the steps of going to confession. Others are ready here and now to confess their sins, but then they think of a person or of the priest, and because they know him, they're known to him, they fear to confess out of human respect, and so they delay their confession until another priest may be available. Like, all of these things, right? Try to, you like, tell me all of these things haven't occurred to you at one point in your life when you needed to go to confession. So there was one time I was, uh, I, I needed to go to confession, and it was like, okay... I'm not gonna go. I like. I, I'm not gonna normal to to my parish. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go somewhere else. So like, I went somewhere else. I looked it up on online, and it's like confession from five to six. And I was like, perfect. I, I'll go straight from work over to confession to this other parish. Some rando, some priest. rando pri- yeah. priest. Uh, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll knock it out and then head home. Perfect. This is great for me. I go there, and like, I kind of feel guilty about. 
like I was like, is this a sin of pride? Like, is it because like I I'm just too afraid to actually just admit my sin and like think, oh, he's gonna think worse of me. Yeah. But I was like, I don't matter. I'm just gonna. I mean, go. there's probably something there, but still, right. It, you're going go to, to go to confession. confession. Go to confession. Right, right. Yeah, go to confession. So like. I show up there at 5.15 because I don't want to be early. I don't want to be, like, the first one on the line. I don't want him to see me walking in, you know, sure. to oh, confession yeah. right. and be like, oh, yeah, well, Adam's third in line. So, yeah. like, you know. So, like, at 5.15, I show up. Uh, I'm there, and I'm like, no one's there. Like, priest isn't there. No one's in line. I'm like, what's going on? So, I, like, I walk around. Can't find anybody. Walk, walk into the uh, secretary's office. She's still there. It's like five fifteen, five twenty. It's like weird. wow, that's a, and it's like, hey, uh, is father coming? And he's like, she's like, oh yeah, he'll be here in just a couple seconds. And I'm like, okay, good, because I was just gonna go to confession. And as I say, oh good, because I'm just gonna go to confession. Father walks right by. And he's like, I'm here. Oh, you need to go to confession? Come on with me. And like, it's like, well, great. Yeah, my uh, being anonymous is now. I'm Adam Minahan. My social security number. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And here's all of my sins. I know. live at this address. <laughs> yeah. It's where I do most of my sinning. <laughs> between these hours. But it, ju- it was just such a... Uh, it was just the Lord... Yeah. Uh, there's a... There's a there's God oh, you're trying, to, you're trying to sneak... Like, look, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to teach you today. Right. Right. Number 12, avoid mortal sin. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I didn't know that was the next one. But I really love the point they make about that. I mean, this is like, obviously, yes, avoid mortal sin. <laughs> Do we need to put that on here? But I love what they say, and because this is so true. This is like one of the points that I, I, I like this. They say that many people think that stopping mortal sin is the final goal of the spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And it isn't. And, and they rightly point out that... Um, when you get to the point where you have like basically eliminated mortal sin from your life, that is the beginning of the spiritual life. The right. spiritual life only begins right. once you have left mortal life, mortal sin behind. Some say just the, the, the uh, stopping venial sin is actually the beginning of of the spiritual well, life. Then I haven't started. Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get started. <laughs> if that's the case, I've been trying for a long time. <laughs> Maybe I don't have any gas in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I need, but uh, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> I'm. I think I'm making progress, but anyway. Yeah. Um, number thirteen. Avoid the near occasions of sin. Uh, the power of resistance desert the gambler in the gambling house, the drunkard in the bar, and the lustful at the sight of immodesty. It is unhappily true that in an instant. One can pass from virtue to vice, but the opposite is not so. We do not pass from vice to virtue instantly, but God forbids a th- when God forbids a thing, he also forbids its near occasions. For example, our first parents were forbidden not only to eat the fruit, but not even to touch it. The Israelites were forbidden not only to adore idols, but, but not even to possess them. Christ, too, when reaffirming the commandments, not only forbade sinful deed, but also the longing glance, the interior passion, the foul thought, the covetous desire. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, this obviously isn't from, um, you know, uh, Bellarmine or, or Liguori, but they, they put some questions here about, is technology an occasion of sin for us? 
Do we throw away our time on social media? Does doing so become an occasion for us to calumniate our neighbor, to view vain and useless news, put that in parentheses, news, to see immodesty, which can lead us to the vice of lust? If it is not necessary, we should remove it altogether, which I totally agree with. Mm-hmm. Number 14, do not fear the devil. I don't think that's actually a problem because I don't think a lot of them, a lot of people out there even think the devil is real, which is ideal for him. He prefers that. Right. I mean, yeah, C.S. Lewis I think, talks about that. I think so. he would prefer for you not to think about him at all. Right. And then if you do think about him, to be totally afraid of him. To think, Or, or to think of him, no, to, be, to think of him as like this little uh, guy in red tights with horns and a pitchfork with a, a tail. Right, like this is what Saint this this aren't Saint, but, but those this people. What, but this is what C.S. Lewis Lewis talks. But the talks people about. who think about him like that, they they think about him as like a character in a play, not as a person who really exists. Right, you know. But so, I but think, do we actually think about? Them I think at, at, if he, Satan does know, oh yes, you actually know I exist. You you know I'm a real person. Then he wants you to be absolutely terrified of him, because then you're convinced that he has power, right? Mm-hmm. He, wants you, he wants you to think about He's him... He's just a dog on a leash. As a, yeah, exactly. He is just a dog on a leash, right? And everything that he does, and Satan will actually admit this in, in exorcism rites, that he knows that everything he does, um, like all of his action, is, is only part of the sanctification of people, if they cooperate, right? right? And he tries to get them not to cooperate, but... Right. Um, otherwise, he himself is simply a tool of sanctification, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, I think that we kind of talked enough about that. Um, fear the torments of hell. Listen, if you have not read Dante's Inferno, go do that. Yeah. Um, Man, I've been, I've, again, I've been reading it. I have so many questions. I have so many more questions. Uh, about Don't Dante's ask him Inf- now. I'm Don't not going to, him. but I have so many more questions about Dante's Inferno. Well, you should ask. You should ask Harrison. I have been. <laughs> Good. I've been bugging him to no end. At, like in the middle of the night, like you know, at ten o'clock at night, be texting him like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And he's like, "I'm not reading that right now," <laughs> but he has the answers anyway. Doesn't he? I thought he read it every Lent. Is he not? He, well, not right now because we're recording. Just got too episodes, much stuff going yeah. on. Yeah. So um, number sixteen is to know thyself. Um, and I'm just going to sum this up, you know, talking about like a lot of times we view ourselves as like, oh, I would be willing to do this. Or I, I know that mm-hmm. like I would be strong in that moment or these, these are my virtues. And we think it like we really build ourselves up. Um, and, and then I think like we need to do an honest analysis, just like, this is like st- business planning 101, you know, um, you want to come in, what are the strengths of a business? What are the weaknesses? And that's how you address, and you address those things. You capitalize on your strengths, right? You know, you do all of these things to be a, to have a successful outcome, okay? We can take those same kind of approaches, and we need to with our own self, thinking about what are my vices? And it, you're not helping anybody by intentionally deceiving yourself or not being upfront with yourself about what are the things you really struggle with, mm-hmm. okay? Um, because... You know, if you don't get it right, you re- it's not like, oh, a CEO is going to get fired. You will literally get fired in hell, and it's going to suck, mm. okay? Um, so we need, to, we need to be up front with that. Um, uh, where is that? Yes. This is also the importance of having good friends. 
It is. Because, yeah, that's a good point. You know, because uh, there's so many times where I bounce things off of you and Juan and, and Dean Garlic and, you know, just uh, people who I, I, I really trust and I know, mm-hmm. like, hey, you're not going to... You're not gonna sugarcoat something because you love, you care about me, you love me, you you know you love me for you know, and you desire the good for me, uh, you know you want you want me to be in heaven, and so like I'm asking you this. I mean, not as high as I am, but I do want you to be in heaven, right? Naturally, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's like I know that you desire that for me, and so like I'm asking you this so that you tell me what is it, you know, what is it that I should be doing, like in your opinion, like. Am I messing up here? You know, and th- yeah. again, this is just so, it's so important to have uh, a set of friends around you that you can trust and that you know they desire the good for you and that you can bounce things off of and, and, and help, th- uh, they can help you illuminate some of the weaknesses that you don't even realize that you have. Totally, because we, that's, that is the, we all have blind spots to ourselves, right? right? One of the things that I like to think about here is, if you say to yourself, like, oh, I would die for my wife. I'd die for my faith. What do you do today? And then it's, yeah. do you? Right. Okay, right? Like, because I, I, my personal opinion is that if you don't, then you won't. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're not fast, you know, and what does that mean? I was like, well, little ways, dying to yourself in little ways. So are you fasting when the church asks you to fast? Or do you say, like, oh, I don't, you know, like, I don't need to, so I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, um, because... There are only two. There are only two fasting days that are required, mm-hmm. um, and so that's just weak sauce. I mean, if if you're only fasting twice a day, get out of here. Twice a day. Twice. Twice a year. Okay. Twice a year. It's like man. Twice I, a day. I, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, like if you're only fasting twice a year, like give me. You know, like you're not man up. You know, um, there are people out there who need your prayer, mm-hmm. and. You're, you're like, don't don't pretend like, oh yeah, you're some hero who would die for the faith or for your loved ones. It's like if you're if you're not doing it, then like quit lying to yourself. You know, a virtue is a habit, and so you have to get into the habit. Right. Uh, so this next one, and we're we're on seventeen, so I, I think we're we're getting pretty close. Um, re- <laughs> Are you just trying to convince yourself? Well, it's twenty five. I mean, it's like we're over halfway. I'm good. Yeah, I, I have nothing else to do tonight. Remove. Your principal fault in parentheses before it is too late. This is what does that mean? This is like kind of like what we're talking about. Um, I think everybody has a principal fault, meaning like this is the, the one. Sin that this you're is the thing that I struggle with the most. Okay, yeah. and um, once again, back to your point about having good friends. It's having a community helps really. I I think helps you identify what your principal fault is when you see. Oh, someone so struggles with this, and you realize, like, I don't struggle with that. Um, I think that just gives a little bit of perception, right? It kind of like holds a mirror up a little bit, like, oh, and then you have another friend who struggles with something completely different, and you see that they have all these different strengths and different weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And like, the more you can see that in other people, I think it helps you analyze yourself, mm-hmm. right? Just because you have these different examples in your close friends to, to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, your ruling passion, be it drink or lust or hate or whatever, will be strong in death. Because at death, since it is the crisis in the battle between the powers of light and darkness, the devil, like a skillful general, will marshal all his forces for the final struggle. So we have to... Um, this is something 
this is the lifelong battle, right? This mm-hmm. is the this is the the goal of life. Saint Vincent, this I thought this was interesting. Saint Vincent Ferrer believed that deathbed conversions were more miraculous than raising the dead. Wow, that's pretty cool to think yeah, about. Yeah, because it, it makes sense. Um, people think like, oh, at my death, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll like, sort it out. Yeah, exactly. I'll be so, you know, like I'll, I'll definitely be sorry then, and I'll go to heaven, right? Um, and that is, it's just such a deception, mm-hmm. because if you um, live your life a certain way, don't expect to change in the last hour, mm-hmm. okay? Because sin blinds you. The thing is, you won't even know that. You'll be yeah. you'll be so complacent and blind to the effects of whatever it is on your life. Yeah, you shouldn't place all your chips on the supernatural grace of the Lord illuminating uh, mm-hmm. your, you know, your, the ways the sins of uh, of your life at the very end for you to be uh, sorrowful for them because that doesn't that's not a natural thing that or that's not a, a a thing that happens um, normally, right? That it can happen. Right, there's there's many times where that happens, right? Even mm-hmm. even from like from capital punishment aspects, right? Sure. That, that uh, those who are guilty about to receive the cap- capital punishment, they are completely sorry for all their sins and um, you know die a, a death in the state of grace for all you know for all we know. Yeah, praise praise, praise God. God. Yeah, we hope. Um, but those aren't normal circumstances, right? And so it kind of goes into the next one um, about avoiding hidden pride. And they just say that um, the devil often will tempt us with virtue itself. Uh, He inspires us with esteem and complacency for ourselves and lifts us up to that pitch that we cannot escape the snares of vainglory. And they say, so fortify yourselves with the knowledge of your own nothingness and be ever mindful that you yourself are nothing and can do nothing. Yeah. Um, Number 19. This is kind of what you said right in the beginning. Grow in devotion to Mary. 25 ways to crush that a serpent. Consecrate yourself 25 times. <laughs> I mean, I so the other day I, I, I actually went to, to Clear Creek. Um, I made a trip there. Uh-huh. Because I, uh, I just needed to be close to Mary. Uh-huh. And I, um, they have a beautiful uh, statue over mm. there uh, of a... Of our blessed mother. Is it the one in the crypt? Is that yeah. the one you like? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, me too. It's I such it. a beautiful it's just statue. Such a beautiful, and like, I just sat there and. Like, I want to know where they got it because, I like, it's I will just, pay money to get that. Yeah, like, it's and so put beautiful. a grotto somewhere up on my property or something. You know, like, oh man. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I lit a candle and I just sat there, like, in front of her and just, like, begged her. I said, like, you know, uh, mother, like, you are the undoer of knots. You know, you are the one who desire like you desire for me to love your son more than anybody else in this world, mm-hmm. and I de- I desire to do that. But she I, desires it more than you desire it, right? I desire it, but I I desperately ask you to go to our Lord and perfect and purify my prayer and present it to Him and beg Him to give me the grace to know what His will is for this. Mm-hmm. You know, and just like. She loves us so much. The things that she does for us in this, you know, in, in in this life, I don't like. We won't know the power that she has until the other side of the veil, right? Until until we're we're at our final judgment and we realize the graces that she helped bestow upon yeah. us. 
Yeah, the honor and um, esteem that our Lord has for his mother yeah. is so beyond our comprehension. I've heard exorcists say that um, the demons are incapable of slandering Mary, that mm. they will often say heinous things about Jesus mm-hmm. and call him names and things, but they are, um, they are forbidden mm-hmm. and incapable, therefore incapable, of doing that kind of thing to Our Lady. Yeah. Because because Jesus loves his... He's like, you know what? You say what you want about me. But not about my mom. But you will not say it about her. There's times also... I don't know if you've, if you, you've experienced this, but there's been times in, in my life where I've, I've gone to my mom like to talk to her about something, mm-hmm. about life, you know, or you know, yeah. something I'm struggling with or asking her, her advice or whatever. Yeah. And just by going to her and asking for... like her advice or whatever like whatever happened like it almost kind of broke me down a little bit you know it just like emotionally hit me just by going to her yeah um and asking for her advice and it was like and then she gives it to me and i realized like yeah that's that's clearly what i should be doing yeah and it, those are those are those moments like that are so so, so impactful and, and again a glimpse of the the reality here on earth is just a, a foreshadowing or a taste of what's actually happening, um, you know, in the supernatural world. So I love what they say here. They say, just as men fall prostrate with fear, if a thunderbolt if a thunderbolt falls near them, which have you, have you ever have you ever been have, have yeah a thunder oh, like man, it like is. close to you yeah where it shakes you and yeah like, yeah it yeah is. I mean I've been I've been like twenty or thirty feet. Through maybe twenty yards, I should twenty yards. I should say twenty feet. That's real. That's close. really close. It was this twenty yards. It struck a tree outside, right outside my house, mm-hmm. um, and just the 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 loud. Yeah, the, how loud it is! It disorients you, and even visually, like everything was purple. Right. I mean, it disorients you totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it it really does. Uh, so, just as men fall prostrate with fear when a thunderbolt falls near them, so do the devils when they hear the name of Mary. It's like boom. Mm-hmm. Take that. Take that. You guys stink. <laughs> Mary. Uh, yeah. mm. She's the best. She is the best. I, gosh, I love her. So number 20, avoid delusions of grandeur. If the devils perceive that we are on the path towards heaven and that we desire God alone, he transforms himself into an angel of light. He urges us to attain perfection, hurrying us on blindly and without the least regard to our weakness. He fills our head with devout thoughts and even examples from Scripture and the saints to draw us into some shameful false step through an indiscreet and perceptive fervor. They go on to say that he will spur us on to excessive fasting, disciplines, taking on vast amounts of prayer and like things. He proposes proposes us to have a notion of performing wonders when really we fall prey to vanity and become dispirited with works that exceed our strength, grow tired of the devout life, and return to the vanities of the world. I mean, like... That rings. Doesn't it? Um, Satan, like, he will do that. He will falsely, knowing, oh, you know, you need to two hours of prayer every day. You know, like, you need need, to fast more. He'll swing to the excessive, even if the excessive is good. Any excess. Yeah. Works Again, in his favor. Read screw tape letters. It's yes. Dude, the screw tape letters is so on point. Yeah. Gosh. Um so they, they say, consider that while many are not capable of imitating the austerity of the saints, everyone may be may 
imitate them in a specific virtue. Okay, so that when you read about the saints, especially the saints of old, um, uh, uh, priest at Clear Creek uh, told us that they are to be um, revered, but not imitated. Mm-hmm. Uh, not emulated. Okay, same, same, right? Um, so consider that, uh, once again, the saints, that they may imitate saints in their contempt of the world and themselves, that we may imitate the saints in their humility and charity— and in returning good for evil in their worst enemies. So, yeah. like, we don't necessarily have to take on all of those austere practices, right? Um, but well, again, we the, can do the spiritual things that they do that are good. Yeah, each 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 soldier has a unique mission in, in this war, right? And only you can carry out that unique mission. Correct. And so, while there are other soldiers around you that are doing great things that move you forward to the to the final end and, and help you and give you insights and gives you, gives you courage and gives you, uh, you know, momentum. They're carrying out their mission that the Lord has bestowed upon them, just like you should be carrying out your mission that the Lord has bestowed upon you. And so, Correct. like, it's only you, like, the Lord has given you this moment in life to uh, give glory to his kingdom. Like, and how you act on that is, is up to you. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Number 21 is avoid rash judgments. Um, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, This is so hard to do. Um, I have have an example of it today in mass. Ooh. So today. Kid kid acted up? In mass. No. Oh. Uh, Extraordinary minister of Holy Communion goes up. And, you know, um, like they receive communion up there. At the alt, you know, because they're going to be distributing communion, so they're getting receiving communion before everybody else, and mm-hmm. uh, they bring the 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 body of Christ over to him, and he one of the ministers put his arms across his chest, you know, just to receive a blessing. <laughs> and you know, my far, my first thought was like, this guy is not even in a state of grace. It's like <laughs> does I don't I don't think it actually matters. Like he doesn't have to be to be distributing. Holy Communion, yeah, but like you certainly want him to be right. Like <laughs> we're, we're you know using. Extern- I want him to be regardless. Regardless, of but it's like great. Oh, this is the guy. You know, and these these are my first thoughts about. Yeah. Um, and then I tried to like dial it back. Like you know, hey, I don't. He I don't know this guy. I said that. Like to, I tried to like dial it back. Yeah. Like. I don't know his situation because once again, none of us are judges. We can right. judge no man. Right. We can judge actions, and we and we're called to make judgments upon actions, right? right? Looking but at I don't. Dirty. I don't know this guy. Right. I don't. I, I don't even know who he is yeah. or what his name is, um, or certainly I don't know his situation. And then the the press the the chalice came, and he received from the chalice, and it's like, oh, maybe he, maybe he has a like gluten and you know, like once again, and it was just a an example, a moment for me where I realized like. Who do who do I think I am? Yeah, you know, how, you know, what, know what? How dare you? How uh, how dare you? Yeah, uh, but why like, are you the way you are? <laughs> but I was just like, I had this instinct, and I didn't really like even want to do it. It right. was just the first just thought. Jumped, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've had jumped this so many times, and so yeah. I had to wrestle with that. Right. And so this was like, I had to avoid those rash judgments because I wanted to make a judgment upon this guy mm-hmm. and like condemn him. Mm-hmm. You know, you sinner, get out, get out of here. You know, you can't, don't, <laughs> don't even touch Jesus. Like, yeah. don't let him touch him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, 
I, and I still I have no idea what a situation was, but how often does that happen oh, where we see yeah. stuff, you know, especially on the on the road? We're we're much more fair, like pharisaical, pharisaical, pharisaical. Thank you, pharisaical. Yeah, uh, than what we want to believe. Totally, totally. So um, the next one was it's a little bit different. It says um, overcome spiritual dryness. This is once again one of the ways to um, crush the head of Satan. Overcome spiritual dryness. Yeah, okay. so we need to overcome our spiritual dryness, and um, they they really sum up. There's a lot written about about dry being dry, spiritual dryness. Yeah, um, spiritual dryness is a necessary step on the spiritual life, infused into our souls by the Holy Spirit, so as to wean us from everything which is not of God. Yeah, I was about to ask you, why do you think that's a necessary step? But then it kind of yeah, kind of yeah. it. Um, but most who assume they have in who have it in fact, do not, but rather have only begun cutting away unhealthy attachments to the world. When spiritual dryness takes root in worldly people, it is almost certainly from the devil who sets all engines at work to make us negligent, to lead us out of the way of perfection and plunge us again into the vanities of the world. When you find yourself suffering spiritual distaste and dryness, look to whether it is owing to any fault of your own, and amend it at once, not so much with a view of regaining the sweetness, which has changed into bitterness, but to banish everything that is in the least displeasing to God and to dispel any occasion for the cunning serpent to work upon the soul. So I think their point is, is a good one about most of the time when people encounter dryness, it's not because of an accept, like, oh, you've, you know, you've reached some level of holiness you know, you know, or devoutness. Maybe it is. But most of the time, it's actually you've only like you have the first fruits, like the early shoots of like moving towards sp- like the spiritual life, mm-hmm. and Satan is r- oppressing you, okay, and it and it, that needs to be rejected, like, and you need to just double down, focus on Christ, mm-hmm. um, think think about okay, am I still, am I st- my is my path still straight, mm-hmm. am I beginning to wobble? Those kinds of things. Number 22, prepare for the trials of faith. It's 23, actually. You're right. I was looking right at it. Mm-hmm. It's 23. Yeah. Prepare for the trials of faith. Okay. If the enemy offers a captivating and fallacious argument, do not enter any dispute with him. Let it be enough to say with indignation, Begone, Satan, father of lies, I believe only what the Holy Catholic Church believes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Only believe what the Holy Catholic Church believes. And that's it. <laughs> and nothing else. That's why I'm not on social media. <laughs> it's not I part like of the that. deposit of faith. <laughs> but um, I think, like, uh, trials of faith are to be expected. Yes. I have definitely had moments where, and tell me if this, is, if this happened to you, but I have had moments where Typically, Ev- you probably know this. Everything already. about the faith in that moment appears ridiculous. And I I am just all of a sudden questioning, like, do I even believe in God? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, like, it just seems silly to believe in this, you know, like, this, you know, like, God who's like, oh, oh he's mysterious and hidden. And it's like, see, am I just lying to myself about all of this, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I have definitely had moments in my life, praise God, not that many, mm-hmm. um, because they are not pleasant. And then um, I have to sit there 
and use my intellect. And this is why it's so important to be well-versed in the faith um, to, and to bring our intellect into what we believe, okay? It's not just like... Faith oh, and reason. Yeah, faith and reason. In fact, it, the faith is reasonable, mm-hmm. and it, it needs to be reasonable, because in those moments, if you don't, if you don't know the why behind the faith, then it's going to be easy to be swept away because, um, you know, those moments, they're, they're there to test us. They're there to strengthen us. Um, but if we're not firmly rooted, we'll, we'll be washed away, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that, that happens a lot with death, uh, you know, on the deathbed, right? The, mm. Those who have, uh, you know, yes, lived their life, right. you know, lived their life well. They often have, like, terrible temptation, like, at the, at, towards the end. Mm-hmm. I think you're right about that. Number 24, do not give up. Whenever we, engage, whenever we are engaged in a work of piety, prayer, or anything else, we will experience a certain level of dryness. Sometimes we are distracted by worldly things, and we have a powerful desire to stop our prayer, and then, and then not to come back to it. Keep at it, and you will discover the great advantages to be gained through a humble perseverance in works of piety when attended with the most irksome spiritual barrenness. To unmask the serpent in these trials... When preparing for any work of piety, if some business arises to distract you, put it off and make prayer first. Make your prayer first. If you begin to pray but find a burning desire to check social media, banish the thought and focus on prayer. I love when Bellarmine says that. <laughs> yes. And um, do not go hastily into pious works. But prepare yourself for a few minutes with prayer beforehand. Mm-hmm. Number 25. Anything on number 24? I think perseverance is, is so key. I think we should pray for that virtue all the time. One of the things that I try to do in prayer is, is I, I pray uh, for the wisdom to, to know God's will, for the fortitude to carry it out, and for the perseverance to see it through. And so like, I think that it's so important that we can actually know His will. Mm-hmm. We can actually start moving towards His will. But at any point in time, we could just stop, you know, and we can drop the ball, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so it's so important to have the virtue of perseverance. This is why it's so important from a natural level to finish the things that you've started, you know, to, to finish that project that you, and like, this is just a mirror looking at myself here, like, uh, the, to finish the projects that you've started, to, uh, you know, to, to whatever you're, you're working on, to to see it to completion and not just to be like, oh yeah, well, it's good enough. Yeah. I'm going to move on. Because like, no, 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 you're developing this habit. You're developing your will to move towards a completion to an end. And this is ultimately like what we're here on earth for is to move towards our end, which is our Lord. And if we don't develop the habit of moving towards the end to our Lord, if we're not developing that habit, even on a natural level, like when we get to our deathbed conversion or when we get to our deathbed in general uh, and we're, we're tempted by, by the devil because he's going he's gonna to throw the kitchen sink at everything us. Everything he's got. Everything yeah, his he's got. last shot. The, his last shot. Like, if, we're, if we have not trained ourselves in perseverance throughout our life, uh, we may fall susceptible to his tricks. Um, and, you know, just like how many times you look at, at, at people, uh, you know, who are, 
um, pop stars or whatever, and, and, and you're like, how did you like sleep with some other woman like when you're married? Like, I can't believe you you did that kind of sin. You yeah. know, like that's ridiculous. I would never do something like that. Like we're wretched, we're wretched sinners just like anybody else. Yeah, and like don't fool yourself. That just because you think you've seen somebody else do that and you think that that's not something that you could do, that, that that's not something you're capable of doing because you yeah. absolutely are capable of doing that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that I'm capable of great sin. Of terrible, horrible things. Right. Yeah. yeah. So perseverance is key. I mean, perseverance is such a, yeah. uh, is such a beautiful virtue um, that actually gives you a lot of um, peace and actually gives you a lot of... Uh, at least in my, in, like personally, it gives me a lot of momentum and a lot of energy because I see it, in, it like it gives you peace and energy because it's like, okay, good. I did this. Yeah. It's complete. I've seen it through. Every and day. I want to move on. Every day in my prayer, my daily prayer, I, I ask God for all of the virtues, but I also like make a Christmas list of some specific ones. Even during Lent? I mean, like I call, I'm just calling it a Christmas list now. I'm just joking. Yeah. But I tell him like, Humility, temperance, diligence. Diligence is like... Another one, yeah. Yeah. Um, patience, wisdom, perseverance, fortitude, and prudence. Well, prudence at the end, that's interesting. Yeah. You could probably bump that up and like cover a lot more of those. Yeah, but I try to have it in order of like the things that I suck at the most. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like maybe not, maybe yeah. actually this is telling that you actually suck at prudence. But well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe. Cuz you Who knows? You, you're not governing your will very well. He thinks he's so prudent. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, we made it. We're, we're, this is 25. We're, we're 25. Got there. Yeah. The one, number 25 is God is victorious over the devil. We're on the Lord's team. We could have just skipped all of the first 24 <laughs> and gone straight to this one. It says that in the beginning, man's animal passions were as, as a mighty fire that had just begun and raged fiercely. But God subdued them by the waters of the deluge and tempered them still more since by the waters of baptism. So basically saying that we need to make frequent trips to the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, visits to the Blessed Sacrament are powerful and indispensable means of overcoming the attacks of the devil. Make frequent visits to Jesus, and the devil will be powerless against you. This is according to St. John Bosco. But, I mean, ultimately, that, once again, we've said this a couple times, you're not going to do anything to Satan. He's way more powerful than you. Um, God alone. But the thing, like, in fact, the reading today in Ma- at Holy Mass on Sunday, we're recording on Sunday, if God is for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. Okay, and He is for us. We've been baptized into His body. Mm-hmm. Like we are one with Him. We, we like, free, especially uh, reception of the Holy Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Okay, Satan is is incapable of existing in a space where Jesus is existing. Right. Right. And so, once again, this is I think what Christ is talking about. But when getting into heaven, about making yourself like a little child. And being utterly dependent on him mm-hmm. as our source of everything. Um, I that, think, that is how you will defeat Satan. Yeah. Sim- simply by uh, a, being receptive to God. I think that uh, this is a very good book into the very beginning, the first one. 
right? You know, the first one is what was fight valiantly against the devil, and, and to know that like, hey, we're already yeah, like. I think you're right. Like these two things like really bookend uh, these twenty five steps very well because it's uh, like, listen, uh, the battle has already been won. It's a matter of like, do you want to cooperate with it or not? Mm-hmm. Do you want do you want to be on the winning team or do you not want to be on the winning team? You know, right. like, uh, and so I think it's it's easy. Uh, for us to real to think about like oh man there's just so much bad and evil in this world but like listen the the, the battle has already the war has already been won like Christ has already conquered death um, and so it's a matter of like being uh, like vigilant and fighting this fight well uh, you know to be on the winning team yeah I think it's another reason why it's so important to know the story of the Israelites coming into the promised land mm-hmm. and watching how God would fight for them. Mm-hmm. And they even literally say, God will fight for us, mm-hmm. okay? Um, whether it's all of the, the plagues, all of the miraculous things that God was doing to bring the Israelites over. Um, if we think that God is less on our side, right? okay, he's not. He's more on our side now. Mm-hmm. Um the things that the Israelites had to deal with, the powers of Satan back then were mm-hmm. so much more, mm-hmm. okay? Which is why God was tolerant of mm-hmm. so many more uh, objectively bad things, right? Um, we, we've got it, is it like easy street, you know, now that we live in the, a redeemed era. Mm-hmm. So it's just so important, and you're right, about fighting valiantly, how do we fight valiantly? By depending on the Lord for all things, mm-hmm. and making Him our source, and right. and just it's not making Him our source. We're just recognizing that He is. Yeah, He's the source of strength. I love it. How this do you is, do that? Have a prayer life. This is this has been a, uh, really great. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed this episode. Wonderful, wonderful. Me too. So um, I think go out and get the booklet. Um, it, it really is a short book. I mean, we we covered most of this booklet. Um, but it is called 25 Ways to Crush the Serpent, put out by Tan Publishing. So We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus.